Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. It's episode 27, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, John Steggles from Merchester. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. And... Zoe Pearson from Watford. Hi, guys. I do, John. It's just occurred to me. I, I, I have a tendency. I always have done right from the beginning that I started this pod of signing off the, the, the pod by saying good night. I have no idea why I do that because it's a podcast and it's timeless, yes. and you could be listening to it during the day or uh, in the afternoon or in the evening or whenever it might be. And we obviously record at different times. So we don't always. It happens to be a Sunday afternoon, and that's when that's when we're recording today. But um, yeah, bizarre. Um, I don't think I'm going to change that, by the way, because I'm a creature of habit. So, um, but uh, yeah. Well, it's modern technology. Everything's time shifted. You can listen to it when you want. That is true. Uh, uh, um, I remember it, it was. I think it's David Frost used to start his programs by "Good morning, good afternoon, good evening," so it would capture everybody. I mean, maybe just a simple "hello" would do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, yesterday, North London derby. Uh, let's let's start off talking about that. Um, I put something out on social media on Friday evening. Um, I did a little poll on Twitter. Um, I, I don't have the results with me to hand. I will bring them up in a minute. Um, but the question was whether you know whether people were fearing the North London derby or whether they were looking forward to it. And uh, the results of that poll it closed um, on some uh, on uh, yesterday around about twelve thirty, and sixty six percent were. were were dreading it, 34% looking forward. So two-thirds were, 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 were dreading it, which I think seems about right, given it's a North London derby and we're always a little bit... If you fear the worst, even if you're doing really well, and as it is, we haven't been doing particularly well recently, last couple of games. Um, Friday evening, I I, I voted in my, in my own poll, or, or I, I might have commented saying that I was actually looking forward to it. Yesterday morning, bloody hell, I was... Before the game, I was thinking this is going to be really difficult work. They're going to come out of the blocks quickly. They're going to press us high up the pitch. They're going to make it very difficult, and and it's going to be it's going to be a really tough test for, for us yesterday. Um, even Stevens, um, do you think that was a fair reflection? I hear a lot of people saying that we deserve the three points. I don't think we did enough for the three points, and I think a point at the end of the day is a. Uh was actually a good result for us. Um, if you look at back to the Burnley, I'm going to I'm going to go back to Burnley and the Chelsea games as well. I think with the Arsenal, that was a that was a performance that was pre-Poch. If I'm honest, we um, we were ineffective, and all five goals that have been scored in those games were charity to the other side. We we're not concentrating. For me, in the biggest game of our year, you can't start at home with a back three five when you got the wing-backs back, with Wanyama sitting in front. It's utterly negative, and they overran us. Um, the, the four up front just didn't have anything to go. We're, we're, they're outnumbered. That formation, putting that formation out, tells the opposition that we don't want to lose this, not that we want to play to win. 
Um, and the only thing that, that got us that point in the end is that Arsenal bottled it, I think. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, after the previous 10 days and those other games, it, it, that was either the last game that we needed or the one that we had to play and win. And, and at, the, at the end of it, yeah, it's just the fact that Arsenal bottled that penalty that we got a point. Yeah, I mean, I, I put something out on social media yesterday after the after the game, and I and I said that if you can't win a game, then at least take something from it. And I stand by that sentiment. And all I know is that when I was sitting yesterday next to my Guna sister after that game, I felt not happy with the result. Obviously, I I would love to have won the game, but I felt happy knowing that. We had taken something from it, given that within four minutes of that game finishing, we could have easily been sat there with egg on our faces. And I didn't fancy that sitting next to Aguna. <laughs> so uh, a tough, tough watch, particularly that first half. It was like we were like running through treacle at the times and they dominated that first half. And to be honest, we were, we were quite lucky that we weren't further behind. Um, after the first half. It was a poor goal to concede as well. The defending was, again, I, I, I called the defending out in the last pod and I'm calling it out again. I don't know what happened. They were just all over the place. Des- defence disappeared and Ramsey was pretty much um, one-on-one with Hugo Lloris mm. and he had the composure to put it away. Um, and that's his last North London derby, isn't it? He's going to be gone in the summer. So um, that's a good thing that... that um, they haven't got him in their ranks anymore, but um, I was pleased with the composure for Kane because that goal is absolutely huge in terms of pressure. And the thing is, you, you never want to be cocksure. You never want to be um, arrogant. But when he stands over the penalty spot, you almost you almost believe that he's going to score it. And then you can contrast that with the Aubameyang penalty. It was just completely chalk and cheese. And... Um, Kane dealt with that pressure so well and he's back on the score sheet again thankfully but in general so-so performance and so-so result but I'll take it yeah I think we'd all we'd all take the, the, the point certainly I mean um, that record all season going um, uh, without drawing a Premier League game um, the last time we, we drew a Premier League game was 11, 11 months ago um, uh, away to Brighton it was going to come at some point um, and if you look at it historically um, North London derbies tend to be draws I think I think it's the most drawn match between two teams um, I, I read somewhere um, and it's it's a perfectly credible result. It's, you know, if you look back at the last three matches, we've opportunity to, to get nine points and we've dropped eight. We've only had one. That's not, that's not perfect. But I suppose on the back of two defeats, it, it at least it stops, stops the rot. Um, everybody said before the game, well, if Arsenal win, they're only going to go within a point of us. Nobody said that if we, if we had won, we would have gone seven points clear as it is. We didn't make any ground on them, but they haven't either. Um, I think nobody was saying that if we win, we go seven points ahead because exactly. of the previous results. Yeah, you know, uh, after the, the you know the Dortmund that second half in Dortmund, we blew everybody away, and I think everybody's um, tails are up where expectations are high, and oh, it's only Burnley next. 
and then we get the result against Burnley and they put, put that kind of performance in. And then, you know, and then Chelsea, you think they played 120 minutes, they're knackered, they're going to be blowing out their asses. They're not going to, you know, and to be honest with you, Chelsea were shit. They were absolutely shit and we were worse. Yeah. Um, that, that Chelsea game was so, so disappointing. They, you know, you could see after about 40 minutes, they, they, they were gone. They, there was nothing there. And we just couldn't just couldn't turn it on again and i think I, i'm going to go back to the formation the the back three or, or with five sit i i think we've got to go to a back four to get an extra body into midfield with the defender if you you, you have i i go to go back four and then have an extra body in midfield we need it because ericsson isn't playing very well at the moment so we need something else in there and i think with delhi who's going to be coming back i think we might have to because who's 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 going to sit out for delhi you know, I, I think I think we need to have that extra body in there. I mean, mm. I'm inclined to agree, agree with you. Although against Chelsea, we I think we 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 did start with a back four, um, and we're still woeful. Uh, uh, the Chelsea game is a strange one, and um, as you mentioned, John, um, Chelsea didn't offer much, um, nor 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 did we. Um, the stats, I think it was we had no shots on on target, and they had one. Um, which says says it all about both teams. I actually thought first half that going in nil nil away from home at Chelsea, as poor as they were, I thought okay this isn't too bad. We've we've contained them for for forty five minutes. We're going to come back in the second half a lot stronger, and and they're there for the taking. Um, they they look like a poor team, and I and I don't think they were anything special in that second half. Unfortunately, they capitalised on. Um, on our mistakes, I mean, the first goal um, uh, was it Pedro uh, bamboozling his way past um, Toby and, and getting a shot in it at, 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 at the near post. Um, should Hugo have done better? I don't know. I think yes. I, I think I think certainly. Um, I was at the, at the game yesterday, um, the Arsenal game, and I was discussing this with with David Fornell, and he was of the opinion that Hugo wasn't at fault. For the goal, although I think we we both were in agreement that, for example, somebody like David de Gea would have would have probably saved it with with his legs, almost certainly. And then the second goal, what the actual fuck? No words to describe that goal, is there? I mean, I I, I was watching it, and you know, you almost can't believe your own eyes when you see. I mean, who was at fault for that goal? Trippier, Lloris, probably probably a bit of the both, really. Bit of both, you know. What what Hugo was doing so far off his line, I have no idea. And then suicide passing back from Trippier. I mean, you just watch that ball rolling and rolling and rolling, and you just think, oh my god, oh so my I, god, oh I watched, my god. <laughs> I watched that in our local sports club with all the Spurs fans, and that actually was my swan song. I'm never going to watch another football game over there as long as I maybe go as long as I live. Um, uh, every time we seem to, I go over there, we seem to lose. So I'm, I'm never going over there again. But about a minute before that that goal goes in, um, Giroud came on the p- pitch, and I turned to my mate Lee, who's about to, uh, he's moving to Cyprus to go and live in Cyprus. So uh, bon voyage, Lee, have fun over there. I said, uh, Giroud comes on. I said to him, here we go, Giroud's on. They're just going to start lumping the ball in the box and they'll score. And I literally looked at the looked to the screen, and Trippier hit that ball into the back of the net, and I just thought, ah. Oh, it, it was unbelievably poor that goal 50-50 on who's fucked up but Hugo should not be off his line should not and Trippier should not be doing a no-look pass at that area uh, it was just it would but that's the thing you know 
Chelsea would have been right up for that after the cup cup fiasco and 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 the, and the goalkeeping situation and all of that. But all it turns out is it, they needed was for us to be utterly pathetic and do yeah. stuff like that and shoot ourselves in the foot. It, it, again, it's us it's us being charitable to other sides rather than getting beaten. Um, it's very it's, disappointing. It's another, it's, another, it's another mistake from Trippier on the biggest stage, isn't it? You know, we had a great game against United at home. And the, the difference in the end of that game was a complete mistake from Kieran Trippier. You know, it seems like we have this, this case at right back where neither of them, I mean, Walker before him, it was even the same. I mean, I know he's at City now and he's one X, Y, Z and, you know, good for him. But at the same time, it seems like that right back position, we've never had somebody to, that actually can make a cohesive decision under pressure. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, we always have that. We've got that. I mean, the thing we've got an issue with, with Surge now playing right back you know it seems to me that none neither of them are good enough you know you the amount of times kieran Kieran trip has been criticized this season and rightly so his performances have not been good enough when he has played and then you bring surge in and you think right okay this guy can't be any worse than trippier and then he's worse how how (laughs) You think how could Carl Walker Peters not force his way into this side with with Liddy, the Chuckle Brothers in front of him? What does what what does Walker Peters have to do to get to get a chance? Because I don't know. I don't know. Serge Aurier occasionally he will put an in- incredible performance in. Um, I think for the most part it's either just as poor as Trippier in his own way or just substandard. I mean. I, Personally, if I had to pick one of the two, I, I would still go for Trippier. Um, I think he's just had a bad season this season, um, or, or a few high-profile mistakes. But I don't think either of them are covering themselves in glory. And Carl Walker-Peters, I think it's a bit weird. When he's played in cup games, like the FA Cup game against Palace and a few League Cup games, he hasn't played particularly well. He's tended to make a few mistakes in some of those cup games. Some of that might, might be to do with the fact that he's been switched around and he's one game he's been asked to play right back, another one left back, left wing back, right wing back, whatever. Um, the few Premier League starts that he's had, he's played well. He's been man of the match, I think, on two of those occasions. Um, and yeah, true, he has. And didn't he get an assist as well in his first? Okay, he has. He has played very well when he when he's come on for us. I'm just of the opinion that both for the player himself, but also as a club, you either trust him, in which case you give him a chance. If not, you sell him. Simple as that, and 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 although that's not to say that I'd, I'd want us particularly to keep Uriah, I think I'd like to see him moved moved a lot moved on. Um, but that area is certainly something right back that needs to be addressed, and there are some questions further down in the running order about um, signings and, and whatnot. And I've, I've got my own thoughts about um, the scale of the task ahead, and it might be a little bit dramatic, but I'm going to hold that fire for a bit. Um, just. Back up, back onto yesterday. Um, the the goal that we conceded, um, we were pushing quite high up, and I think that was a mistake from Sanchez and, and, and Victor. Yeah, and then it was Wanyama chasing back. Um, I thought prior to that, and even afterwards, I thought Sanchez had a decent game. I think that he was reading a lot of the balls very well, um, and I and I think that you know there is a player there definitely. I think he's well, he he's always been good. He's always impressed, pretty much. He's he's made the odd mistake, but I think I do think he's improving, game by game. Yeah. I like Sanchez. I think he's a good player, and he's still very young. He's got a lot of raw pace in him as well, which is good. Um, I, I 
yeah, I, th- that that mistake, I, I think I'd put it more down to Wanyama. Um, just trying to, uh, my my under eleven side won in a, a cup match this morning, and we always try and when the ball comes out and it's coming at you like that, don't dangle your feet at it and try and control it. Get it on your chest, get your head on it, just deal with it properly. And I think the yesterday it wasn't dealt with properly, you know, and it it just unfortunately the bounce fell to to that scumbag, mm. um, and 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 he was through. Um, yeah, I, I I don't find him culpable for that really. You forget how young Sanchez is, don't you? You know, forget, really. How was he, 21, 22 years old? 22, I think, yeah. 22 years old for a centre-half. You know, and he's playing in the biggest biggest level of football, the, the, the most intense stage, the Premier League. And he's, you know, performing, and he, he's performing okay. He's doing well. You know, I, I think he's he's definitely been brought in with a view to be a long-term successor for either Toby or Jan. Probably Toby, because he's, He's right-sided, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sanchez, and you know what Poch's theory about playing right-sided and left-sided, but that's sort of gone out the window this season because he's played. He's had to play Toby and Sanchez together at, at some points. Mm. So, um, but he's. I don't. Again, I find him. I don't find him culpable at all for what happened yesterday. I think he was unlucky to have conceded that the last-minute penalty. I. Don't yeah, think I, I don't think it all. was a pen. I don't think it was a pen either. I think Aubameyang was looking for... As soon as he felt Sanchez there, he just went down. Yeah. I, I didn't see any contact to justify him going down in the way he did. Um, so, again, he was, just, he was unlucky to be him to, to concede it. But I think if that had been Toby, Jan, Danny, whoever, I think Aubameyang would have gone down there. So... Um, Again, what? not his fault for the for the the penalty he got given away, and luckily for him that it was missed, and mm-hmm. you know, it it set, it stopped it being a, a, a real game changing moment rather than just a, a a silly thing to happen within the game. What you do in those situations is you give the referee a decision to make. You yeah. put the doubt in his mind. You, you know, you, you just you, and that's the thing. Um, and yeah, I, I, if it was the other end, I'd have you know, Kane would have gone down, and we probably wouldn't have got anything. You know, we probably missed Winks yesterday in midfield as well. I was going to uh, say uh, that everything seemed to be going. We were switching it from the left to the right and trying to trying to break through from the wide areas, and we had we lacked. I can't blame the players who played because uh, this is probably not in their d- DNA. Um, but we lacked something in the middle of the park. Um, yeah. We lacked a Dembele. Um, you know, we, we I lacked say- a Winks. I'd say exactly the same thing, and, and what and I think it's been said before, and it'll probably get said again. It's criminal that you let him Dembele go, and he's not replaced. Mm. Absolutely criminal. If if you're if you're going to sell a player of that, I know he was probably injured, and maybe he hadn't got the legs, but if you don't replace him, it's a, it, you, you're going to cause yourself problems. And he, and he wasn't replaced. That, it, yeah, that, that's 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 criminal. That's criminal. Uh. Uh, a comment from Gilly, Twitter analyst at I know Alan Gilzean. He says, treading water a bit at the moment. Deep breaths all round for the running. Um, this tapping pen merchant stuff isn't as easy as it looks after all. What a top penalty under great pressure. Um, and long wait by hashtag Harry Vaguna Slayer. Um, credit to... Um, Obviously, Harry scored that that penalty to put us level. Um, later on in the game, credit to to both Hugo, firstly, who made 
made a save. That's what it's his second penalty he saves in, in, in the matter of a few weeks. Yeah, and then um, and then and Yan and Yan on the follow up. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, and the stat that I saw this morning is apparently that's the first ever penalty save in a North London derby. Wow. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, wow. I credit credit to whoever said that on. Um, Facebook this morning. I'll find out and give you due credit. But yeah, I, I, I that's not one that I found out. Somebody said it, and I just thought well, that's got to go in because that's an amazing stat. Um, but yeah, Jan's follow up was brilliant. And for all though, the one thing that that I'm quite pleased with is the meltdown that's following the the, the penalty and encroaching and all that kind of thing. It's akin to the one, the meltdown following the two, two at the bin dippers last season. It shows that they're upset and we're getting to them and we got under their skin and they're pissed off. So I'm, I'm quite happy with all the, with all the, the, the moaning fucking gooners, let them fucking moan. They're encroaching on Harry's penalty. Fuck them. Fuck it. That, the, the referee yesterday should have sent Jacker off in, in a 12th minute for that tackle on Kane where he came through the back and got the back of his leg. You know the what the Torreira, Torreira, whoever it is, who went over the ball at the end and got the red card. Yes, that was a red card, but so was Jacker's as well. Um, you've got to, if you don't get those decisions in the in the in the game, then things aren't going to go your way. But they should have been down to ten men a lot, lot earlier, a yeah, lot absolutely. earlier. Absolutely, I think I remember coming on here a few, a few weeks ago, and obviously we were talking about um, Hugo Lloris and, and obviously um, his penalty saves. And I I put a tweet out a few weeks ago. This is before the Leicester game that I couldn't remember the last time he scored, uh, he'd saved a penalty, um, and it was something like a few seasons before. Obviously, obviously he scored, he saved the one against uh, Jamie Vardy, and then he again he saves the one against uh, against Aubameyang. And it's like, hang on a minute, <laughs> hang on. A few weeks, guys, I sent a message out saying, I don't know the last time you saved a penalty, and now you've saved what two in space of what a month is it? It's, I mean, all credit to him, he's probably he's probably practicing it. <laughs> he has to be. And the thing is, I think it's a it's a it's a it's he's obviously watching his performances back, and what he's doing, I think, because I watched the penalty back, I think he's he's delaying his movement. So Laurie's before whenever he's had to be uh, a penalty put against him, he's always the first to move. And then the striker then reasons him, seems to go the other way. He took a little bit longer to, to move yesterday. And he sort of was waiting and waiting. And it was literally in the last minute he decided to go. And then and I think he did he did exactly the same thing with the with the Jamie Vardy penalty. And, and it seems to have paid dividends for him. And uh, credit to him because he had an absolute shocker against Chelsea. But... Um, was the hero at Arsenal and that's just how Loris's season's been going a bit this year you know he's had peaks and troughs and you know real poor performances and then come back the next week and 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 really saved us more points than he's than he's lost us so um he's always under fire because he's the goalkeeper and he and he will be under fire because invariably any mistakes that he makes will probably lead to goals but um I was very happy with his performance yesterday I thought him for Tongan in particular, um, Kane obviously for the um, for the putting the chance away for the penalty. Um, I thought they all won us the game yesterday. Port Sissoko was good yesterday, and it's such yes. a shame that his shot didn't go in. That was a that was a thunderbolt. Oh. That would have broken the back of the net if that had gone in. Do you um, know what? Sissoko was my man in the match yesterday. He was just he was everywhere. He just took the ball and he steamrolled through. He's such a powerful guy. And I think that's why I think Poch um, 
I think he was ba- basically trusting him to play the the Dembele role. You know, I know we I know we, it was criminal not to replace Dembele, but I think Pochettino, in Pochettino's mind, he wants Sissoko to play that sort of role, that domineering, powerful player to go steam through, steam running through that midfield. And and to be fair, Sissoko's doing what's been asked. And yesterday he was very imposing, but just unlucky with that chance. If that goes in. You know, it's a different. It could be a different story, but it was yeah. a great save. I've got you got to give credit to the Arsenal goalkeeper. I've never th- that was a brilliant save. I, I don't know how he did it, but um, Jamie Gitts. Mm. <laughs> um, a comment from Annette Smith: How can you keep going talking about Spurs? My brain doesn't work anymore. Well, um, <laughs> it's difficult. It's bloody difficult, particularly on the back of a, of a few disappointing frustrating results um i don't really want to but let's let's briefly talk about um the man in black um anthony taylor um a mixed bag really the 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 ref on who was the ref on wednesday against chelsea who just let everything go i don't know if they wanted a repeat of the battle of the bridge but he just let everything go but i i think anthony taylor missed some key decisions like i said the jacka one Dash, I've just wa- I've literally just watched it again, and it gets worse every time you see it. He's so Mariner against Chelsea. It was Mariner. It was Mariner. Yeah, it, the Jack the, the tackle. He's he's late. He's high, and he's coming in from behind. It's not. He didn't even get a yellow card for it. It's, it's a it's a it's a red card tackle all day every day. Um, so, it, but the game flowed nicely, and I but I think they they did niggly tactical tackles all the way through the game and and they weren't blown up for it time wasting from the first minute the thing is he he totally talked to their koscielny who goes and talk to him and you know says make sure he isn't time wasting koscielny probably just walked up to him with his hand over the mouth saying fuck him keep doing it you don't know the referee has to take control there it's ridiculous not the best performance there wasn't many. There wasn't many sort of flare-ups for a North London derby. Even, do you know what I mean? Like the game at the Emirates, there was that. There was that situation where Dyer um, confronted the bench and what have you. But yesterday, it was. I was sort of half expecting it to be a bit more fiery, and it and it wasn't really allowed to be. The only, the only sort of fieriness I've seen was was at the end with the Torreira sending off. I saw that a lot of our players were really, really quite cross about that, and rightly so because it was a horrendous challenge. Um, but you know, um, for an awful London derby, I was expecting a little bit more of a, I don't know, a fire in the belly from 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 both sides. I think they were both quite comfortable to go in. Um, well, at the end of the day, one-one was like you say, it was a fair result. But you know, nobody can really sort of stake a claim and say, yeah, we actually we really deserved that win. I don't think I don't think Arsenal really did either. Um, on the balance of play, maybe you could argue that they, they had the better chances to win the game. But in in terms of actually the the actual um, the teams coming off that pitch and and knowing in their guts that we gave absolutely everything out on that pitch today, and we were unlucky to have come away with just a point. I think really and truly, um, it, we both teams got what they deserved in the end. No, they deserve fucking shooting. A lot of them, they're all cunts. They didn't get what they deserved at all. <laughs> yeah. no, I've got to be diplomatic on this podcast, John. You can, <laughs> you no. can go to town, but I've got to be. I've, I've got to live with two gooners, so I can't. I can't go. Oh, I can't go in too hard, can I? I'll end you, up. I'll end up out of my ear. 
<laughs> poor, poor thing having to do that, honestly. No, cunts, a lot of them. Sorry. D- did either you or your sister draw blood? Do you know what? We were we, we were all right. In the end, I think uh, if Aubameyang had scored that penalty, then things may have been slightly different. But in the end, I think we were just... We were happy that we could basically maintain our relationship as sisters because neither one of us had the had the hands over the other. So <laughs> in the end, it was okay. It was harmonious, but gutted. I wanted to win that badly. I wanted to win it badly, but you know, I'll take if it, if it meant you know having to sit after Bamiang put his penalty away and losing the game in the last minute two one. I, could, I couldn't live with that. So, the, you know. the, amount, the amount of times that's happened to us, though, there's, you know, we we got away with it a bit yesterday, and you know, if they'd have scored, it, it'd have been crushing. But the amount of times that's happened to us in the past, yeah, quite prepared sucker, for it. Sucker yeah. punch. Yeah. Um, we still sit third in the table, uh, four points still above Arsenal. Uh, United are that little bit closer now. I think only three points behind and. Chelsea have a game in hand as well. Um, although I think they, I think Chelsea will slip up elsewhere. Uh, I can see them dropping, point, you know, based on the way they played the, uh, against us, and and even prior to that recently, um, not overly worried about them. But um, we don't, certainly don't have a, a big lead over the teams below us as we did a week ago or or, 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 or more. We have Southampton next in the league on Saturday um, away from home. How are we feeling about that game? I'm not going to ask for a prediction. Um, uh, generally, how do you feel about it? Equally nervous. I want if Delhi's back, I won't, I'll be less nervous than I am now. Hopefully, he, he's back out on training, and hopefully, he'll be in contention. But if he, one of the one of the things I think going on with Ericsson is him and him and Ali on nearly the same wavelength, and they they get they link up really really well. So maybe Ericsson's missing that out ball on. Uh, with with Delhi on the pitch, so maybe if Delhi's back, we'll, we'll, our performances will go up a notch. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those games that it's got slip up written all over it, hasn't it? You know, like the Burnley fixture did. But I think you know, going into this game, I think had we lost against Arsenal, we'd um, we'd be feeling a lot more um, in anticipation about this Southampton game. I think with the right mindset, I think with everybody on their game, I think we can we can certainly get a result. But um, again, it's going to be tr- it's going to be the process of of actually trying to put a performance in as much as trying to get a result. I think the performance has gotten to the point now where it can't get much worse in terms of ha- how we're performing. You know, we, we can ride our luck for so long and perform badly on the uh, but come out with a win. And we were doing that, and and I and I um, said before that you know I was, it's something to be proud of that the team has character, and the team had character to come back and, and and get something from the Arsenal game. So I want the team to show all the character that they have, and actually put a performance in, and 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 not just go there and 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 try and you know um, get the result, even though we play poorly. I think that's not the mindset to have. It's got to be a case of we need to everything needs to slot back into place now because this running is going to be so huge for us that we need to we need to start as we mean to go on and and actually put a performance in as as well as try and get mm. the result. I I agree. It, 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 it certainly is one of those games where on paper it's got slip up written all over it. But I think 
that uh, we go into it a little bit sort of legs between the tails in that you know we've had two defeats okay we, we drew yesterday I suppose that's better than would have been far worth losing that, that um, but I don't think we're going to go into it all cocky and, 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 and I think that I hope that We'll get something and uh, well, get a win, and and a certainly good performance to go alongside that would 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 be good. And 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 we do one. The only thing that slightly concerns me is that it comes it'll come after a Champions League game on 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 the Tuesday. And sometimes we in the past we we've not performed well after a after a Champions League game, particularly if it's one that we play really well well in. It's almost like a bit like Dortmund. The expectations get 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 raised and then. Uh, and then we, we get brought back down to earth. Um, talking of Dortmund, we had a question from uh, a guy called, uh, his Twitter handle is um, Nate underscore HA, and he says, after this depressing week, I have to ask the obvious question, are we going to win the Champions League this year? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not going to win the Champions League. There's there's better teams than us in it. If we, if we had a mad amount of luck, we might do, um, but it, it's nice to dream. Mm. And I'll also have some, some of what Nate's on because it seems like it's working. <laughs> you got to be in it to win it, John. Yeah, true. In it to win it. <laughs> look, at, at the end of the day, I think I think we can't look too far ahead in the Champions League. It's got to be a case of taking it round by round. And you know, at, at this stage, we're doing we've done well against Dortmund to get the result we have. And we talked about it before, Jav, about um, you know, uh, almost going there to sort of set up shop and 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 try and get a result away in Dortmund. And that should hopefully be enough to um, see us through. But again, it's like we said before, you know, we, we wouldn't be Spurs fans if we weren't nervous about the, the return uh, Richard Dortmund fixture, you know, especially after how these last couple of games have gone, you know, confidence is, is probably lower than it should be going into such a huge game. And they're going to have a few of their star men back, but you know, um, what's it, you've got to take it round by round. And, if we can get through the Borussia Dortmund tie and we, we then see who we draw next and, and we take it on like that. And, you know, the longer we're in it, the more I think we can win it. But, you know, realistically, your head sort of says, you know, if you can't necessarily beat Burnley away from home, how on earth are you going to do that against the likes of your Madrids and, and, and Barcelonas and, and things like that. But, as we always say, football's never played on paper, so um, just got to go with this with a positive mindset and hopefully bringing all, um, the likes of Delhi back, like you say, and having Kane sort of starting to return to form a little bit because he still doesn't look completely um, himself. We still look quite toothless, even with him in the side, and that's unusual for us. But, you know, he's, the guy's had so much time out with injuries that... You know, it's it's hard not to expect him to to come back firing and all cylinders straight away. The guy needs to um, have the minutes to get back into it again, and and hopefully he'll um, he'll get that at Dortmund, and we'll see the best of him by Southampton. And we'll hopefully um, have have had a positive result away in Germany, and and we can and we can lay it all out on the line. But you know, I'm hopeful that we can do both, and fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> I think I it's it. Go on, John. No, no, I was just going to. I think we'll. I'll get. I think we'll get a draw out there. If I'm honest, yeah. I think. And yeah, and I think we'll go through. I think we'll score first. And I don't think Dortmund will be out. You know, and their heads will go. I, 
I don't want to consider them getting an early goal, what they'd do to us. Um, but I, yeah, I think we'll get a draw out there. I think it's imperative that we qualify for the Champions League again and on a regular basis. Um, anyone who can't see that doesn't understand modern football. Um, uh, we, whether we like it or not, you, you need to be at the top table of football on a regular basis um, to, to attract top players. I know if, if somebody listening to this might be terribly cynical and say, "Well, we, we're not. We're, we're struggling to attract top players given the last two windows. We haven't signed anybody." Uh, but it's also it also helps retain um, players. Um, it might still be ca- the case, for example, that the likes of Alderweireld and, and Eriksson decide to leave in the summer, regardless. But I think we'd be better placed keeping those players if we've got the carrot of Champions League football to, to dangle, as well as all the fi- um, financial rewards that come with it. Um, I think it's imperative that we that we qualify for the next round. I would be worried if the only way of doing that would be to win the competition. Um, I think that we are <laughs> well placed to do so, qualify for the Champions League through, through either finishing third or fourth mm-hmm. and that's got to be the, the, the priority as for, as for winning it let's face it there are better teams in the competition yes we've got a chance but we're not anywhere near favourites um, yeah. so I'd just say just, just enjoy the ride um, if we do go out at some point let's just say in the quarterfinals or the semi-finals for the sake of argument as fans I don't think we should be too despondent there are a lot, a lot better teams um, than us in, in, in the competition um, right uh, we've got a whole load of questions to go through let's just go straight into them um, David Fornell is Poch's remarks about taking up to 10 years to change our mentality to, to a winning one helpful or not um, he goes on to say he thinks it sends the wrong message I would agree it does because what in essence is saying is he, is he saying that the, the, the team that he's got is not good enough is this, there's something rotten in there? Is is there something wrong? And it and it will take five to because it will take five to ten years to get rid of get all of those players out and new ones in. Mm. So it, it does it mean the squad needs a complete overhaul and the board needs to invest? Is that what the problem is? Is is it the the owners and there is he questioning their attitude? It it sort of raises a lot more questions than than the actual one it poses. Um, because there, there's lots of other quotes that come out this week so kind of people are trying to make out that Kane wants out and Ericsson might be going in as a make weight for a, for Bale coming back and things like that um, so yeah I don't think it's helpful I'm, I'm, I'm with David on this I really do I, really, I am yeah it's, it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't exactly fill you with confidence when he when he comes up with statements like that but what I, what I will do is I'll put my object, objective head on and I'll, and I'll look back 10 years from now and see where we were 10 years ago to where we are now and the progression we've made since and albeit not all of that is under Poch's tenure I mean how long has Poch been at the club now what four or five years it'll be five years in five June, years. May, June so you know he's had the he's had the longest in terms of actual in tenure at, at the helm of the club it, in a long time he's the one that's sort of been the mainstay we sort of we in the last 10 years we sort of dribbed and drabbed through different managers different playing styles you know questionable sign-ins so you know we're looking above the manager's head in that regard you know um i think the louis saha ryan nelson window i think we'll we'll go down in history as the what the fuck window but um you know football it's 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 strange because you know who who foresaw that 10 years ago that city would be that the force that they are now 
You know, football football changes all the time, and all I care about is Poch's um, comments on how devoted he is to this team at the moment. I don't, you know, I'm not looking at ten years in the future. I'm I'm looking at how this team is performing now and what he is doing to this team at the moment. And what's worrying at the moment is the lack of investment. I think that it's a massive, massive worry. Um, but to me, I would I would rather hear what he has to say about the the things that are happening at the moment at the club. So like it, like the things of lack of investment and. All the noises he that he has made is that he's happy with his squad. He's happy with how um, that we didn't bring anybody in in the last two windows. That's the that's the face that he's giving to the media. That they're, they're they're the only quotes that I've heard from him. I've not heard him making noises to say that you know he's not particularly thrilled at what's gone on. He said you know he was hopeful of making a signing, didn't happen, but he's okay with that. So I, again, you have, it's hard to it's hard to know where Potch's head is at. Um, when he comes out with comments like the whole ten-year debacle, again, it's it, it's it's a difficult one. But there is yeah, sometimes a, there is hard. sometimes a, there is sometimes a contradiction in terms with him when he he yeah. he'll, he'll say comments like this and then he'll also say that he's really happy with with the, with the players, um, whether he is or isn't, or he's just trying to justify the fact that we haven't signed anybody. Um, but it's certainly at odds with, with what he's just said. Do I think it sends out the wrong message? Yes, insofar as you could argue that it's undermining the players who are there and it's questioning their ability. Um, I actually think he's got a point um, and you've got to look at it. We're not winning trophies now. Um, some of that is maybe down to in, in investment and there's a question on, on, on that in a bit. Some of that might be a mental thing. The 10 years that he, he mentioned, does he mean 10 years from now or does he mean that five years that he's been there and it's going to take probably another five or best part of five years to actually start winning trophies and, and we're sort of halfway through that, that process. Is it is it a coded message to, to, to the board to... to bring in some experienced players, quality players? Um, is he just trying to justify um, uh, the job that he's, he's been doing and, and, and the task on his hands? I, I don't know. Um, the, thing, whether it, the thing is that in the time that he's been here, the attitude of the players and the club and the mentality has changed immeasurably. And for the better, all 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 of the all of the people who are there just for a paycheck and, and weren't bothered and didn't love the club have gone. Yeah. We've got a core of players that absolutely love playing for the side, who love playing for the manager. So I think that, that maybe the five to ten years is is it's it's when we won a couple of trophies and and you know we're regularly even more regularly at that top table. The attitude will change again and step up again, because to, because it's not that the attitude hasn't changed already under him but maybe it's it's that next step that it needs to be maybe it's, managing, it's managing expectations isn't it it's managing expectations possibly yeah I, I think that that's what he's trying to do I but I do also think I do agree with 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 John and David that it is dangerous when you when you make comments like that in that it can undermine the players that are there however he's not somebody who's ever in all the time that he's been there has lost the dressing room you know and you consider certain other coaches like you could you could imagine this is the sort of comment that you could imagine Jose Mourinho saying, um, and it wouldn't just be one comment; it would be several comments over and over, akin to this. And then he would he would then lose lose a, lose a dressing room. And I don't think that that's happened under Pochettino. So I'm, I'm not 
not overly worried about it. Um, Sam Ricketts, Twitter handle is at Sam underscore Ricketts. Realistically, when do you see us winning a trophy? And with a big budget, would Spurs win the league under Poch? Well, apparently we're going to win the Champions League this year. So there you go. Um, I thought we were going to be up for one this year. I thought it was the, it, that was the, the next step that we were going to take. We, we've been, you know, getting rid of all of those uh, little things, not winning at Chelsea, all those little things that we haven't managed to do. And I thought we would have got a trophy this season. Uh, Did you think, Matt, before it was announced that we were going to play a lot of games at Wembley? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I think I said it on on the, the first pod. And, I, uh, you know, maybe that maybe Wembley's killed us. But apparently there was a lot of talk coming out of Wembley yesterday that, um, it's, that they've been told that that's our last game. At Wembley, we're not going to. So they're looking. They're looking to get us out as quickly as possible. So let's hope they can. Yeah. I mean, like you say, John. I think it's. Um, you know, this this season was the 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 situation where we were thinking that we were going to take the well, either the FA Cup or, or the Carabao Cup seriously, and we, we you know we made it to the to the semi final of the Carabao Cup and we fell short to Chelsea, uh, and uh, you know. Um, Nobody saw that Palace performance coming. I, I certainly didn't. But I think you're right. I think it, the me- mentality of, of having Wembley there now it, it, it is hindering us at the moment because you know, it, I mean, I, I don't I don't go regularly to the to football anymore. But I mean, you guys must see it. You know, going to Wembley and things. It, 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 is the atmosphere different there now to how it was? You know, last season. I mean, we, we were there in this with necessity, um, and that's what that's been the case for the last two seasons mm. but i think obviously with the, the the whole adjustment process of going into the new stadium again i think i think the potch and the players and, and the club are gonna are, are gonna be willing to take it because i think the the whole wembley thing is, has completely completely run itself dry now um people aren't showing up to games or not in the level that they were at the very beginning and i think Hopefully, the new White Hart Lane will have the effect of the old White Hart Lane in terms of the new um, the new ground and being able to put a run of games together. Then hopefully next season, and and that will be the year that we we see see a trophy over the line. But um, I certainly think the mentality at Wembley is is having a a huge detriment on the team and and and. and and on the fans, unfortunately, I think it's 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 a tricky one to balance. But if, like you say, if if that is the last game at Wembley, I'm glad that you know we are going to be heading into the new home because it it's it's gotten to the point where it's long overdue now, and and people just want to get back home, and that's that's the be all and end all of it, really. There could be an element of uh, malaise in the players as well that they don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, I mean, they, mm. you know, they can, they, they, you know, they should be able to play anywhere. They play pretty much in a different ground area of the week. But you know, as, as, in, as in terms of a home and where you wanna, where you wanna be, yeah, I, I think maybe there's a malaise in the players as well. Mm. I mean, uncertainty also doesn't help when you've got certainty in life. Um, it, it's it can be easier to to deal with. Yeah, what lies ahead? Um, I think I think we will win a trophy um, next season and I think that with a with a bigger it doesn't have to be the same size as the teams above us but um, with a bigger budget 
um, and some investment, and, and we need it. And we'll get to those questions on 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 players and 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 restructuring the squad in a bit. Um, I think with that we can win the league. I think what many of our fans who you start to see it on social media a few people calling out Pochettino and and say, well, even saying well maybe he's taking the team as far as he can. Um, I think we're in a different slip slipstream to the likes of City and Liverpool and United and Chelsea. Um, they can go and spend. Liverpool can go and spend whatever it was on Van Dijk and and Allison and say right that's it we, we we've got these two players we've identified our, our main targets we're going to spend shitloads of money on them and we're going to challenge for the league next season we're not at that place yet we 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 just can't do that at the moment um for us to be third in the table to be i'm not going to say in a in, in a league um title race well evidently we're not there now but even when we have been in the past we've never actually been top of the table we've been whatever you want to call it applying the pressure or, or, or being the team that's ran Leicester or Chelsea closest um, that, that's been exceptional and I don't think there are many other top flight managers other than Pochettino that could do that with limited resources but I think we've done incredibly well to be where we are um, if we want to go to the next level then yes we do need to start to um spend a little a little a little bit more and i think yeah given that given that budget big budget or a bigger budget than what we've had so far then i think we can win the league under pochettino i, I really do um right question from lee taylor uh he says is it now acceptable to call ericsson a nancy boy it's never any, uh, acceptable to call anybody a Nancy boy. It's a term of offence. But he, Ericsson hasn't performed. I'll, I'll, I'll. If, if that's what he's on about, I'll agree. Ericsson hasn't been at the races at all for a, for a good couple of matches. I, I'd probably say five or six, probably more matches. He's he's well off the pace. And is that because his head's turned? Is he going? Is he leaving? Who know? I, I, the, you know, the back page of the papers today have him. Um, Ericsson and fifty million pounds or whatever for for Bale to come back. I know use Bale to get back to. His, I'll take the golfer. I'd take him back in our side. I think he'd do. I think he'd play well in our side. I think he'd sit well. I don't think he will come back to us though. And I, but I think Ericsson's head's turned and he's off. Unfortunately, yeah. um, uh, it'll be interesting to see who we can get in as a replacement and who can sit and do that job because it's not an easy position to fill. Mm. No. It is. It's like you say. You know, it's it's the worst time of the season for your main attacking midfielder to go off the boil. You know what I mean? And, and especially with Harry coming back, you know, you need the likes of Ericsson to be consistently um, performing. And you know, I mean, even I, I hate to say it, but even Sonny in the last couple of games has gone right off the boil. Um, they, they were anonymous against uh, Chelsea. They were anonymous against Burnley. And it was just—it's just the worst point in the season for this to happen, for them to have a dip in form. You know, a lot of it's been made about, oh, you know, they're missing—they're missing Delhi and, and what have you. And I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can argue that that that, that you know, Delhi has been a massive miss for us. But um, certainly, Christian Eriksen—it looks like his head's not quite there. Um, whether he could be subject to you know how like how um Liverpool they sold Coutinho for 
you know all that money and then they reinvested where they needed to strengthen and 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 ultimately it's you know they they don't miss Coutinho which which you you know a few years ago when he was at his sparkling best for Liverpool you would never say that you know that they wouldn't miss him but you know they 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 genuinely haven't and unless we reinvest the money well, because we've been in situations before, like when we sold Bale the first time, where we, yeah, OK, we bought Ericsson in with that money and he's given us years of service and, and he's been great for us in part, but we also squandered a lot of that money. And, and so, you know, it's about how that money would then be reinvested into the squad. If you, if you can guarantee me that Ericsson's money, that we if we did decide to sell him and get him out the door for you know stupid amount of cash and you could say yeah we're going to put that into the squad and we're going to sort out the, the right back position we're going to we're going to sort you out a, a decent centre midfielder and you know, we know we might even might have stretched to giving Harry Kane a bit of a backup then yeah okay fair enough you can think about yeah maybe for the greater good of the team maybe he does move on but you know he's he's still a vital player for us and hopefully you know, he can get a bit of his form back towards the end of this run in and, 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 and show the player that we all that we've seen for the past seven years. Because he has been at he's been at the club a long time now. And I think if you, you, you sort of forget that really, how long he's actually been with us. Mm. Um I, I on his day I think he's miles ahead of Ozil, you know, in terms of what he can do and uh, but at, at the mm. moment I, if I can call out a rival player for going anonymous, I can also do that to my own player, and he has been unfortunately anonymous for us. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Uh, sorry, I was just laughing at the thought of Ozil yesterday. He was pathetic. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Question from Kent Goodrich, Twitter handle is at Kent Goodrich. I'm not even joking here. Jan should be our regular left back. Davis is ordinary and Rose's performances are all over the map. Better yet, invest in the position. Yeah, uh, after the Dortmund game and yesterday, did it, well, I don't know about putting Rose in midfield though. He, well, it, he looked like one of my lads uh, it, who plays for me, um, basically just trying to dribble out of the way and it's getting themselves into trouble. I think Rose, we miss Dyer in there. We miss a midfield. We basically just miss a bloody yeah. midfield is what mm. we miss at the moment. We haven't got one. Um, but yeah, stick Jan at left back. And if you really want to put five in, you can put Foyth and Sanchez in the middle. It can't get any worse than it is at the moment, really. Yeah. Well, it'd be Jan plays at left back um, for, 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 for Belgium. Yeah. I think Alderweireld's in the past has played at right back for them. Um, Zoe, thoughts on on Jan, Rose, Davis? Uh, yeah, again, I, I agree with I agree with what you're both saying. You know that every time Jan has played at left back, he's he's always seemed to deliver for us. And um, you know, it's like you say, John. We we are we are missing a midfield to put to put Danny Rose in centre midfield yesterday. I I I can't I can't fathom what was what, what was happening there, um, but. It's funny because, you know, a few years ago, our wing-backs were our biggest strengths. And now, to me, they're our biggest weakness. And I, yeah. think, and I think other clubs have, have sussed that out. And we're being exposed time and time again on that, on, on that side. I don't think Rose's fitness issues have helped his performances. I think, mm. had he been consistently fit, who knows? You know, he might not necessarily be getting the criticism he has been. And, uh, again, Davis... It, it, you know, he, he did a job while Danny was 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 
was out injured and he's come in and, he, and he, he's he's not exactly a player to set the world alight and then we've already had the debate about Trippier and Serge and you know you know how how can how can we perform consistently well with our with our fullbacks and I I understand the Potch's the Potch's rotation policy I, I understand that we were rotating before but you know they're not dynamic at all in their play and the one dynamic performance we have seen from our, from our wing back this season was Jan Vertonghen against Dortmund. That was mm-hmm. the best wing back, wing back performance I've seen all season, and you can't argue that. And if it means having to put him out on the left for for a bit, we have the centre we sent the centre back cover. We 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 have plenty of that. We have you know your Sanchez, your Foyts, mm-hmm. Tobies to sit in there. Where we are lacking, like you say, John, is 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 in that midfield. And that is costing us hugely in games because it's allowing teams to get to the edge of the penalty area without so much as a tackle going in. Yeah. And it's um it's 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 a it's a hard watch. And albeit we've we've done we've done okay with the last stitch defending at times, but the last few games the defending hasn't been there and the midfield hasn't been there, so we've we've leaked goals. I think if it weren't for the fact that we had Delhi injured, Dyer injured, Winks injured, and Wanyama, a shadow of the player um, that we saw in 2016-17, if we had if we had more midfield options, then I think yesterday what would have happened is when we were trailing in the game, one of the centre backs w- would have come off. Let's just say Sanchez for the sake of argument. Um, we would have gone to four four two, and one of those midfield players, let's just say a Winks, would have come off. The, uh, uh, would have come off the bench, and and uh, we would we, we would have continued from there. As it was, we didn't have those options, so uh, we kept the defensive personnel, and we and we moved Jan to to left left back and put put Rose in midfield. Who, by the way, he's he's played obviously maybe not central midfield, but he's played in in a wide role um, previously. I mean, he started his career there, um, if I recall correctly. In fact, when he scored that goal against when he had his debut when he scored his goal against Arsenal um, I think he was on, on, on the left wing, he might have even started that game I've got a feeling he might have started that game on the right hand side of a four um, when we beat Arsenal and I think Bentley was, was, was on the other the other side, anyway, on to Google um, yeah I, I suppose Jan is our best left back the trouble is if you play him there then you, you lose a top centre back um and I know that we we did really well against we didn't miss him against Dortmund when he played as a left wing back and and uh, Sanchez and Alderweireld and and Foyth did a good job but you still take out Jan from his best position he's still going to be weaker in the middle of the pot, middle of the uh, at the back um, when you take him out um, Ben Davis ordinary I think Matt about sums it up he doesn't set the world alight Danny Rose on the eye when he's bursting forward and he's running at people is fantastic and and Ben Davis has never had that in his makeup um and that's he's just not that sort of player he's, he's a steady reliable player um his best period for us was when he, when he mentioned Zoe when, when when Rose was injured and and Ben came in and did a really good job He's not had the best of seasons this season, even in pre-season. He, he looked a bit sluggish. Danny Rose, um, I love Danny P- Rose prior to his injury. I thought he was a superb player. Um, since he's come back from his injury, I don't think he's fit enough. I think he's he's, he's keeps getting injured. Pochettino obviously doesn't think he can play twice in a week, uh, midweek and then at the weekend, uh, just judging by 
previous team selections. Um, if we have a game middle of the week, you, you tend not to start him. Um, so obviously Pochettino perceives he can't play two games back to back midweek and a weekend game. Um, and I think fans have got this tendency to think that he, he's a messiah based on what he's done previously and you see it in spurts now with Rose you don't see it all the time I, I do think we need a we need to invest and and, and sign a new left back I, and 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 for that matter a right back um it might not necessarily spell the end of of, of the line for example for Davis because I think he could he's a squad player and he could he could play a uh, uh, be a makeshift centre back as, as he proved in a couple of games earlier this this season. If, for example, if Jan's injured, he can be that left sided defender. Um, and if we play with a back three, he can he can he can do that as well. Uh, Ed Brad, what's the panel's views on the on the majority of our first choice players suffering with mental fatigue? Um, he cites Trippier's own goal against Chelsea as a prime example. Well, yeah, it, it, you know, this goes back to what. I said at the top of the show, it's all about those goals that we're giving to teams that are, are charity goals. We're giving them away. I don't know if it's mental fatigue. I don't think the players are tired. I think that's a bit of a misnomer. We've just had 10 days off. They should all be up for it. But it's what it what it, what it is. If you're playing the, the five across the back three with the, with the two wing backs, you watched yesterday. They were just playing. They, teams are, are more than happy to let us have the ball because they know it's going to go backwards. There's no penetration. There's no balls going forward. There's no quick play. There's no movement up the front. It's basically just going to go back and it's going to go back to Loris and they put the pressure on and they'll force a mistake and they'll be able to get in and about us. It's not mental fatigue. It's just the way that we're playing. And is that the way that they're being told to play? Or is that just is that just symptomatic of the, the formation that they're, being, they're going out and, and, and having to perform in? For me, I don't think there's any mental fatigue. They 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 shouldn't be. They're absolutely fine. It's to do with the position. Yeah, I think the, I think the mental fatigue argument goes out the window after that ten day break and then performing as we did against Burnley. You know, um, you can understand the mental fatigue argument coming in. You know, having played every three days and as as we were doing, you know, at that level, consistency consistently playing every three days. Yeah, okay, mate, and 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 then a, a poor performance comes in. You can say, yeah, maybe they are, maybe they are like mentally fatigued here. But you know, to to, to have that ten day break and then come back and 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 perform at the level that they did, but they just weren't up for it at all. I think instantly that argument goes out the window. Instantly. Okay. Uh, question from Mark Stoll. Concerned concerned with Poch recently. Never seen him. So strange, struggling for composure in interviews. He's generally impeccable when dealing with the press. Right now, they must smell blood. I'll let you take this one. Oh, again, it's, it's the Potch's demeanour. I mean, it's, it's similar to the question we had earlier about nobody really knows what, what Potch is thinking because a lot of his um, a lot of his press conferences have been full of contradictions. You know, again. His demeanor, yeah, the first time, like you said, the last time we sort of seen him against Burnley and he lost his cool, we've not, we've not really seen that side of Poch before. But I think I think a lot of it is down to frustration about um, decisions not going our way in certain games. I think, obviously, the likes of um, Trippier making very high-profile mistakes probably adds to that frustration. And, you know, you want 
you want to see that from your manager. You want to see that a manager that actually gives a damn, that really cares about how this club does. You know, I'd be more concerned had it just had all these things gone on and it just was like just brushed off like water off a duck's back. You know, that, that to me that is more concerning than seeing a Pochettino that is, you know, clearly very frustrated with what's gone on because the fans are clearly frustrated of what's gone on in some of these in some of these decisions and some of these games that have gone against us. You know, um Again, nobody really knows what Poch is thinking at, at this stage. He he always seems to make it clear that his 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 heart and his head is very much in in the Tottenham project. I think any sort of um, any sort of decisions from him will come from um, what happens at Manchester United with the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation. I think that probably hasn't helped in terms of the court in terms of Poch's cause because if you're being thrown in the hat of another job, then of course it's gonna it's gonna affect you mentally and it's gonna affect your demeanour in press conferences because you're being plied with questions about a job that isn't even yours. So uh, again, I could I could see that adding to the frustration as well. Um, hopefully, you know, if Poch is a man of his word and any any and he sees himself very much at his club, I don't think we'll have anything to worry about in terms of his his persona in. in press conferences but um again I, I see why it's it's causing a worry amongst the fans because we haven't seen Poch like this at all in all the five years that he's been here he's mm-hmm. been very stoic in his approach and and it's and it's and it's a change from that first time he's under a bit of pressure really with the lack of signings and lack of uh you know uh the players and things like that maybe that's it but also I would imagine being asked the same question every week, week in, week out, by the same dickheads in the media gets to be very, very grating. It's I true. Think that, yeah, I, if you look at some of the press conferences recently, um, a lot of the questions that, that he's asked, same old questions, same old questions. I understand... <coughs> media are doing their job you've got to you know you've got to and sometimes if you keep asking those questions um the person answering them they might let their guard slip and or whatever and and, and you'll get an answer you'll get the answer that, that, that you that you want but it's all over and over and over again so naturally i i think he's going to get a bit bored and a bit pissed off with, with some of those questions um, I'm not overly concerned. Maybe, yeah, with the fact that we've not signed anybody in the last two windows, maybe he's feeling a little bit of pressure. Maybe he's a little bit annoyed with with the, with, with the status quo. But um, I'd be I'm fucking not... fuming if it was me. Really, uh, uh, to be fair, that the the, um, the board's left the, hung the team out to dry. If you, mm. if, if you if you want to look at it, they've hung them out to dry. Yeah, you can. Oh yeah, look, the team's doing very well. We can carry on with those team. You know unprecedented amount of injuries we got Kane Ali um, we had Rose out we've got Dyer out you know Moose has been in and out with a couple of injuries as well um, Jan has it, you know it's it's the team's been hung out to dry and as fans we have as well yeah I suppose it hasn't I mean, it's not been helped with with the fact that the stadium's still not not ready and, and the cost of that are spiraling um I'm not defending the board by the way I'm just you know, it, it, that's something that uh, that we've had to deal with as a club. But it, it's, it's a frustrating situation when when you find yourself in that position. Um, another one from Mark Stoll. He says the summer transfer win, window two apparently very good um, English 
players playing for low-level teams in David Brooks and Declan Rice, very likely to be subjects of bids from bigger teams. If you could buy one, who would you buy and why? Jack Grealish, because he isn't <laughs> one of those two. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think we'd get either of those, but I think uh, if Villa don't go up, and I think Grealish is, will be a, a good option. We need somebody to replace Ericsson, and he, I think he's mm. probably the best option. I mean, Sorry? if you if you give us the choice of the two, the one we probably need more is is Declan Rice. But I can't see West Ham making any sort of transfer negotiations particularly easy, and they'll want as much as they could possibly get out of us. Um, so, out of the two names you mentioned, I think David Brooks, David Brooks would be, would be the one that I could probably see coming through the door. But again, it's going to be stupid money, and I and I just don't see I just don't see that I just don't see that happening. Um, you're probably not too far off, John, really, with, with the whole Jack Grealish thing, especially seeing as, you know, we, we had interest in him before and, you know, he certainly seems to be a, a pl- player that Poch seems to like and uh, is in that mould of young enough to be sculpted and moulded into the Pochettino way. But I, I, to be honest, I think it's gotten to the point where after the last two transfer windows, I can't I can't even put a list of targets because every single time a, pay, a player is linked to us, they either go to another side, like a Ross Barkley situation, or Poch is happy with the squad and we, and we don't approach it. So, goodness knows who will get through the door. Well, you know, all I ask is that we don't end up with another Nkudu or Ng or so, uh, something along those lines. A player that will come in, that will sit in the reserves and make the occasional appearance, take his money and go, thank you very much. And we d- we don't see him, you know. Uh, Lucas Moore has come under criticism this season in, in certain games. He's in certain games he's in, he's been brilliant for us, but I would rather take a, 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 the like of Lucas Moura, of of a, of a player that's not necessarily get, getting first team action in a in a bigger club, you know, in, in one of the biggest leagues in the world, and give him a chance to play for for us rather than. You know, trying to handpick these, and uh, but the, the problem with that is, is that it's, it's the English quota, isn't it? Poch is looking to mm. buy homegrown players, and that is where the difficulty is going to come because those players are not going to be cheap. Those players are going to cost huge sums of money. So, I mean, unless Daniel Levy has a a master plan, I, I I'm certainly not in a position where I'm going to try and second guess what is going on in the hierarchy of the club and and their transfer policy because. I'm not sure anybody really knows the truth. <laughs> we, I we've certainly always, don't. We've always been a club that needs to sell before we buy. So it looks like players are going to have to leave before we can get players in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also argue that the fact that we haven't bought any players and we might be a little bit more needy of players in the summer will probably drive up those prices to a point when they're probably not value for money. If they're not value for money already, they're not going to be value for money when we go to buy them. Mm. Oh. I have a feeling we were linked with David Brooks when he was at Sheffield United. Um, and whether that was true or not, I don't know. Um, but as it was, he went to Bournemouth for what, 11, I think 11 million, 11 and a half million last summer. So I can't see him coming to us for probably now it would be 20 million, for example. Declan Rice, um, I think exactly the reasons you outlined, Zoe, I can't see West Ham selling him to us. Um uh, it would be stupid money. It really would be. It would be stupid. That being said, we did sign directly from West Ham, Carrick and Defoe, but that was when they were relegated. Um, and I can't see that. I would 
to not answer Mark's question question directly, I would go with uh, what John said earlier, a Grealish or even Session. Who, by the way, I, th- I think Ses, I think Ses, I think Ryan's valuation has <laughs> fallen somewhat um, since last summer, just because he's been in, in and out of the Fulham team th- th- this season, and I don't think I think they're going to get relegated. And I, I, I don't think they will be able to command such a big fee, and I, I think the same with Grealish. Um, so that. Those are the two players I'd, I'd like to see at the club. Right, final two questions. And I suppose we could merge these um, questions into one and then give a, uh, a very comprehensive answer. Um, firstly, uh, Ricardo Gila. He says, Poch, is, Poch recently talked about expecting more from players uh, to, challenge, to challenge for big trophies. Um, does he need the backing of the board to compete more in depth squad redesigning and if so who would be three realistic players who would come in and then Ed Brad could we see a few senior players moved on this summer and the squad freshened up um, he says Larice has had a below par season uh, both on and off the field Ericsson is not performing consistently in big games and Toby looks like he's set to go on a free um, if you don't mind I'm going to kick, kick this off and I'll, I'll bring you in for your thoughts um i i've generally been always been very optimistic about spurs and very level-headed um and i'm not one that will on the back of two two defeats or run of two bad games suddenly be quite reactionary but i concluded after the chelsea game and i still feel this now that whilst i think we can we should still be able to qualify for the champions league probably for third although i think that's going to be tight now with United breathing down our necks. Um, that's imperative in itself. But then I think come the summer, I think there's, there has to be a big restructuring ahead. Um, and I think that, for example, um, I think that if you take the worst case scenario, that, that Toby Alavero is off, I think he needs to be, needs to be uh, replaced. Um, I don't care that, that you've got Sanchez and Foyth and the Tongan. I think you, you still need to replace that that player. So that's one one addition. Um, and for me, it would have to be a top quality centre back. I, I don't um, I don't want somebody. I don't want another Foyth or a Sanchez who's really good and and, and one that's going to develop. You know, I want somebody who can hit the ground running straight away. So that's one position I think we need strengthening. Um, if you also take the worst case scenario that Ericsson's going to leave. I think we're going to need a replacement there. We mentioned it earlier in the show about Dembele. I think we need a replacement in the middle of the park. Looks really weak when you consider that. Um, yeah, Dembele's gone. Wanyama is he the player that he once was? Is he just going to be injury prone? And if he is, do we do we move move, move him on? Um, I think we're okay up front. I know if you you got you've got Kane, you've got Son, um, but if we sell. Janssen and Lorente, then then we need a, definitely need one striker there who can come in, or some sort of player like a Sun type player who can play as as, as a as a striker if Kane's injured, or or, or, or can play behind a striker or on a wide player. Um, I think the full backs. I think we need a right back. I'd be quite happier to to, to see Oria moved along. I, I think Trippier's still a really good player. I think he's, he's a good squad player. Um, but uh, I think we need another right back. I don't know what's happening with, with, with Carl Walker Peters, and as I said earlier, if, if he's not going to get that chance, I don't see that, see any point in him being there. If you consider a few others that will, I think will likely 
will need to ship out. Um, I can't see a way back for Onoma and Carter Vickers. Um, left back, I think I think Davis again is fine as a backup fullback, but I think we need a first choice fullback, and I'm not convinced that Rose can do it week in week out. If that he's got the fitness levels, I mean he's, he's late twenties, he's he's had a serious injury, um, and I'd like to see somebody else come in, maybe a, a session um, to. Pr- provide that option and if I was going to be really brutal and I know he saved a penalty yesterday and, and he, he made another save as well and, and even when we played um, uh, when we were on that run of games against Dortmund and various others where he made a, a few vital saves um, Hugo Lloris I don't think he's a, I don't think he's the best sweeper keeper out there I think the likes of De Gea Allison, um the guy at City uh, whose name escapes me um, Kepa um I, we probably don't have the funds to go and spend 70 million, but we 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 need to sign a keeper of that ilk, maybe one that nobody's heard of. Possibly we don't need to. Possibly Gazaniga's that 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 man. But um, I think there's going to be quite a few players um, leaving the club and quite a few coming in. And and just to, before I get your thoughts, two other players um, that I question whether they're good enough for Spurs. One is Lucas Mora. Um, I'm not overly convinced that he's he's the right player for us. And another one. And this is really controversial to come from me because I'm a big, big fan of Eric Lamella. I really like Lamella. Um, but I'm starting to question whether if a club came in for him, I mean, I think he's a really good squad player and he can come on and, and he can hustle down um, opponents and and I, I like him, don't get me wrong. But I think, if, for example, if a club from Italy said, right, here's 20 million um, and we can move him along and bring a player of a better quality but who can improve and I don't think I think Lamella we've probably seen the best of him I don't think we can get any more improvements out of him then I'd be fine with that so that's quite quite a few positions I've mentioned and quite a bit of restructuring I think needs to be needs to be done and and that in itself by the way um, having such a big overhaul if that's what's required that's gonna be disruptive to the to the team I I think a few years ago, we had a, we had a, if you go back to the 2015-16 squad, we had um, certain players, uh, sorry, the season before that, 2014-15, under Poch's first season, we had the likes of Chadley and, and Mason, who really served us well. But then afterwards, we improved, and I think that um, we'd moved on as a club, and, and uh, as m- much as they did a jo- good job for us, um, we needed to move them on and, and, and improve them. And, and, you know, we got the likes of... Uh, um, Weniyama and uh, Son, for example, and, um, to, to replace the likes of Chadley and 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 Mason. Obviously, you have the emergence of Deli Ali too. Um, and for quite a few years, the squad has been settled. And I, but I think it probably peaks around about 2016-17. Not, I don't mean in certain individuals peaks. I think you've still got a core of some really good players that I'd retain. The likes of Kane, Deli, Son, Sanchez, um, Vertonghen. And some of these players, you know, the likes of Sanchez, for example, and, and Delhi, they're, they're still young players, and even Kane, and 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 they'll probably still continue to imp- improve. Um, but I do think it's the end of the road for, for certain other players, and I think it has got to the point where we do need to restructure. And finally, just going back to Richard's question about who, which three realistic players um, would you like to come in? Um, well, I've mentioned quite a few that need. To, to go so it would be more than three but if I had to just quickly pick three off the top of my head realistically yeah Session, Grealish 
um, it's not going to happen. But if we could get Bale, that would be great. And after that, I'm struggling. Um, I think we need an experience. I know it's Session and uh, uh, Grealish are good players, but, but they don't have the experience. And I think we do need at least one experienced head to come in. I don't mean somebody who's at the tail end of his career necessarily. Um, I, I don't want another Lorente, for example, but I think somebody that knows what it takes to get, get over the line and and is a quality player who can hit the ground running. I'd say that we need a midfield. Um, but one of the going back to what you're talking about, the, the, the age of some of our players is becoming a bit of a concern. When you posted a thing earlier, and if you think um, we've got Lorente, Hugo, Jan, Toby, and Vorm are all over 30, and on the hot on the heels of those, you've got Sissoko, Danny Rose, who are 29, Trippier, who's 28, and Wanyama, who's going to be 28 later this year. So all of a sudden, we had a nice young squad, and it's all, and they're beginning to look a bit aged. But I think more than anything, we need a midfield. We need we need somebody like Grealish, uh, some somebody who can replace Eriksson. We need um, somebody who could replace Dembele, and we need probably another um, somebody who's going to replace um, Victor. We, uh, those those three positions. Everybody else we could probably do with or probably get another season out of. But those players we need to replace badly, really, really badly for me, because uh, uh, it was it was quite obvious yesterday we haven't got a midfield without those you know without without those performing and that needs to be rectified quick smart absolutely absolutely um you know it's 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 what we were saying before about plucking names out of the air it's it's, imp- it's an impossible thing to do really i i, I agree with, with what you say jav about you know this, there's multiple areas and 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 players that haven't have have seemingly run their course um, at Spurs, I mean, you know, we, we were criticising Eriksen earlier, but you know, we bought Lamella in, in in the same window. And if you look at their two Spurs careers, one, albeit has had a put, bit of a poor run of form at the moment, but has consistently delivered for us, and the other, you know, ha- quite frankly, hasn't. In you know, you sort of wait for that moment for him to make the difference in 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 certain games, and yeah, you know, he's he. he, he He's very divisive with the fan base, you know. Some play, some people love it, Lamella. Some people hate him. But you know, to, to, for me personally, I think, like you say, it depends who, what, um, who and what offers come in in the summer for which players. And I think if every player has their price. I, I think you're right. But obviously, there's certain players that are more invaluable to us. I think the likes of Kane, Winks. Um, I think they're the uh, Dyer. I think will probably be a mainstay. I, I can't see Pochettino wanting to to lose him particularly. Um, but I think, you know, I think Delhi will probably stick around. But I think everybody else is sort of has a price on their head, and 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 we'll just wait and see who comes in for who in the summer. And, and all I would ask is that none of our players go to any rival teams because that hurts. That hurts mm. badly. You know, shipping some abroad and and getting the the funds to reinvest. Yeah, I can I can take that. But you know, um, to go and look for a new challenge, getting four hundred, five hundred thousand pound a week at Manchester United, I don't buy that. Not a chance. It's a different. It's going to be a difficult summer, I think, for us. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I think it might be a difficult one ultimately. 
Well, that's been a depressing pod. Yeah. Um, well, we've got to we've got Dortmund next. We've got Southampton. For, um, a lot can happen in a very short space space of time. Just over a week ago, we were optimistic. We were buoyant. You know, we were looking ahead to the Burnley game. Um, in short space of a, a week or so, um, it, it's we've had a disappointing set of results, but it can change very quickly. Um, and I think when it changes, when it does change very quick, quickly, the mood of the fans changes with it from one extreme. To, to 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 the next, um, but uh, yeah, interesting summer. We'll we'll see how things pan out. We'll, um, we'll be in the hat for the next round of the Champions League, and then we're on to Southampton. So hopefully, it's going to pick up a bit. I think everybody's absolutely. down after the, like yeah. you say, for the ten days that we've just had, everybody's a bit down. Yeah. Right. Uh, the next podcast will be recorded a week today, uh, the day after we play Southampton. Until then, thank you, Zoe. Thanks, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jav. Thanks, Zoe. Thank you all. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go The names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed And faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out And we'll talk out all the hurt